All right, we are back for another monthly virtual conversation of the More For You monthly virtual conversation featuring Mommy and Mai. I am Mai, short for Myron Fisher Jr., and you are? Mommy, Myron Fisher Jr.'s mom. That is correct. That is correct. All right. Um, you can find us on Instagram at more for the number four O-R-Y-O-U. Um, and there we'll be posting with some updates, some of our episodes. We're also on Facebook, um, more for you. You can watch all of the video versions of this and, and check, uh, check us out. Check us out there. So that is that. Let's get right down to the nitty gritty. So each monthly virtual conversation, we talk about what's been more for us or more for you. So mommy, I ask you the question, what's been more for you? Oh, we, this week has been a whole lot. <laughs> it ain't more, it's just a whole lot. It's Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And um, the more for me is that when I find myself hitting a mental wall, the former me would be, let's press through, push through. Pain is the progress. But now I pause and say, you know what? I'm going to take a break because I can't give what I don't have. And so I've had to do that a couple of times this week where I have faced a um, mental wall and I had to take a mental pause. And the beauty of the mental pause was that I could reflect, refresh, and then I was ready for the work ahead. And so it's so beautiful that after the pause, things started flowing and I started going and I get jazzed about it to where Perhaps that is the encouragement that sometimes pushing through is not going to help you. Sometimes you just need a pause. And the pause really does help you to take a step back, regain your energy, and then get ready for the journey ahead. So that's my more for you. How about you, Mai? What is your... You're not just going to rush. You said too much in that. To <laughs> go into something else. No, that's like... That's I mean, like, you know... <laughs> I think uh, a lot of, I think you 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 hear a lot about like rest and just rest in all types of capacities, like whether it be sleeping, whether it be, you know, working out and resting the how vital and how important rest is and working out. I think that pause that that time to to not be just working on full force and things that's it's it's huge. <laughs> it's huge. Oh, absolutely. But we have been conditioned to believe press through, push through. Go ahead, do it. And I'm just here to deconstruct that, that that's not helpful and it's not healthy. And so for me, my practice is from my rest comes my work. Absolutely. And so from that, I have been liberated to understand that rest is important. And likely it's absolutely important. Quality decreases dr drastically when you just push through and you're miserable and you don't enjoy it. So, and it's evident for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like... absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, how about you? What was more for you, Mike? Um, what's been more for me is well, there was a quote that was said at, uh, at church that really <laughs> stuck with me. And I'm like, man, that is some real stuff. And um, <clears throat> the quote, I guess it's more of a question was saying like, 
how many times do we try to manage our pain rather than change our our pattern or our practice? And I'm just like, say that again. How many times do we try to manage our pain rather than change our practice? And, And I think there's a lot of times that we find ourselves getting so worked up or we find ourselves in situations where it's like, I don't like where I'm at. I don't like what I'm doing. I'm like, it's chaos around me. There's like, you know, you're just frustrated where you're at. And then you turn around and you're like, okay, but how did I end up here? Like, was there anything, did I have any agency in anything that led me being in this point here? And I think we have, or I can't say we, I think I can, I'll speak for myself. I think I can find myself just, you know, oh no, I'll suppress that. I'm good. Like I'm, I maybe no, I'm good. I'll push that to the side. And rather than looking at my footsteps and being like, okay, what was the path that led me here? Oh, I need to change that. Oh, I can fix that. I can. So rather than just being frustrated and where we're at, identifying what led us to this point to prevent and and make some changes to prevent us from getting back to this point of frustration again. It's like parallel to the pause that I just talked about and you talking about your thing. Right, right. Interesting. I I think, and even in that, there is some some tension (laughs) that you have to face within yourself to be able to do that though. Like Mm -hmm. the tension, like, okay, like to rewire your brain, like if I stop, that means I'm not working, which is like the opposite of what I want to do. Or if I like turn around to try and like refix my practices, like what does that, what does that say about the person I was yesterday? So it's just like a tension that you have to confront and face with yourself that um, I think we, you, you have to sit with and you have to, you have to be, you got to face it full on or you'll find yourself repeating the same patterns, being burnt out and just tired. So my 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 that that's a whole show maybe that is is. (laughs) (laughs) conversation for a different uh different indeed my word all right so uh what are we uh what are we talking about this is february we talking about love lovey dovey stuff what are we talking about Uh, that would be a no um (laughs) however when we were talking about what should we talk about in February because I'm sure everybody would anticipate us talking about love because love is designated as that month uh, February is designated as that month designated for this month that part so (laughs) we don't talk about love but it's love for the culture understanding that this month of February is Black History Month And knowing that we are talking in this conversation nearing the end of February, but we also know that Black history is 365 days beyond the month designated for its awareness. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Love for the culture. What does that mean, Mai? Um, I think... I think it it means a lot of things to to a lot of different people, you know. But I think it's more so just like um, embracing <laughs> what has happened before that that gives us kind of like a a um, framework for where we are, like today, right? I think um, 
there's another quote that I heard recently is just said like uh, democracy and peace is something that we take for granted. It's a privilege that we have. So like thinking about all of the privileges that I have as a black man today that weren't afforded to my grandfather or my great grandfather. Um, I think it's just something that we really do have to take note of. And yes, February being that designated month that like it's, overemphasized but I think it's just a practice that should be that should be taken to account more often um, so I think that's what is the importance of of Black History Month for me what would you what would you say yeah I think it's interesting that you know post the events around George Floyd uh, across these Americas in the world I would suggest that there has created a greater awareness and a consciousness around this understanding of Blackness, both in our heritage and in our presence. Um, and I find that it's quite interesting that even now on my calendar, uh, Google has designated it on calendar now uh, as Black History Month. That has never been the case on the calendar. So now everyone has it, if you have a Google calendar, that now February is Black History Month. So there's an honor to that, but then there's a curiosity. Um, why did it take the more public lynching of George Floyd for us to get to this matter of consciousness? Because this has been happening. Like the other day we were celebrating the, um, not even celebrating, commemorating, excuse me, um, you know, the death of Trayvon Martin that, you know, was the first public outcry many years ago. And there have been many, Michael Brown, and, you know, we could just start naming all of them. But it wasn't until the events of post, uh, the post events of George Floyd that many people started attuning their ear to the cries of those of darker hues. And so I'm just curious, where is this gonna go? Is it just the flavor of the season or is it truly now embedded, rooted into the fabric of our American thought um, to where there is a greater consciousness and respect for Black lives. Yeah, and I think, <clears throat> as you say, even Trayvon Martin, I can think back, I think there's always a point where there is kind of like an outburst of like emotion and outcry. And I don't even know if I was alive for it, but you, you said that and it made me think of even what Rodney King, like back in LA, however many- 92, yeah. And just the out, the, the response from that situation. So I think <laughs> it's sad that it has to get to those moments and those points for it to be um, a response or an outcry or a justification for us to be like, you know what, this is, maybe this is something, maybe they're not just angry or maybe. So like, I think they're, I, I'm excited for some of the changes that I've seen personally. I think it's opened up a lot of conversations um, specifically within like the church, within the schools, within just a lot of different intersections where conversation is beginning to happen. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to more changes <laughs> that will begin to happen. I think you can talk about it all you want to, we can acknowledge, we can recognize and respect. Um, but I think once change begins to happen I think that's when you know <laughs> I think it, it becomes more sincere it becomes more sincere mm, yeah and it has to move beyond the outcry 
Because even when you talk about Rodney King and all of these, like there is a heightened awareness in that moment and it lasts for a minute. And then it goes back to status quo. And for me, particularly in this post-George Floyd era, I hope that it creates some systemic change that we're seeing, yes, but that will be sustaining is my greater hope. Mm -hmm. That I don't have to apologize. I don't have to say, oh, because I'm, or feel the sense of justification because of my humanness, but it's because of who I am, period. Mm -hmm. Because I come with degrees or because I come with competence (laughs) because, (laughs) and I just so happen to be whatever the labels are um so yeah it's a long way to go but and, you know, and I, we're here for and, it and even if I don't uh, I'm someone that doesn't have the degrees or if I don't have whatever I expect to be afforded the same you know decency <laughs> respect respect that even if I don't have that so point of privilege to talk about um the case here in Wichita that oh yeah share with you. So CJ Lofton um, here in Wichita, he was a 17 year old, um, 17 year old at the time, he was 17 years old and um, he was having a kind of a mental breakdown from what I've read and what I've seen and um, police were called and they were well aware that he was just having a a breakdown. They took him to the institution and (laughs) come to find out that he is no longer here, which Rest in peace and thoughts and prayers to the family that is, you know, grieving. Oh, he passed away? Yes, he passed away from that situation, yes. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. Right, so, yeah, very dark, very, you know, um, very tough to to kind of deal with and probably think about, and as we've talked about, there's just we don't want it to be just another name, but even if like, may you just look at me and I may be just hurting, I may be having a mental breakdown. Like I still want to be afforded the same grace and gratitude as somebody else that's, <laughs> I want to choose my words carefully, but going in and carrying a gun into a school or a, a church and being able to walk out and and still live to see a trial. And so, so even if a burger I- from Burger King. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just being, even if I don't have the credentials, I still should be afforded the same decency, right? Wow. So. That just hurts my heart because I, you know, when you first brought that case up to me um, about a month and a half ago, um, that it was quite interesting, just the developments of the case. And then it started getting more public uh, awareness to where there was quite a few faith leaders and community leaders coming around to surround the family to create a greater awareness to get the um, videos released. Um, but I wasn't aware it hadn't followed it to where the young man had passed away. So that saddens me to no end that another, another. Right. And what would be swept underneath the rug. So yeah, thoughts and prayers to that, to that family for sure. Indeed, indeed. Wow. So hmm. it's interesting. So when these types of things happen, right? Like that brings about greater triggers and traumas, mm-hmm. especially like 
during Black History Month, we're always reminded about slavery and we're always reminded about the time of you know, Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X and just the, the things that they had to face just to live. Um, and it's by no means any comparison to what we're dealing with right now. However, when these types of matters continue to be hidden and under the rug, not made public, it just creates this systemic, I would offer, triggers and traumas that we just have to relive again, like, crap, so another one? <laughs> and not even in what can be worse than triggers or traumas that we just become so desensitized to it that it's just like another one. Another one. Isn't that something? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Or even the cynical aspect of it is like, okay, so what did he do? So then we start victimizing the victim every single time because we understand that there are those who make decisions that hold consequences. We get that, but that's of all race and ethnicities. It right. just so happened that those that of black and brown persons are elevated to the point of media exposure um, to where then we start, start questioning their upbringing, what they did, <laughs> what were they taking, they all of the justifications for mm -hmm. another's action. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Wow. Neglecting the fact that there was a loss of life. Yeah. yeah. So what do we do with this, man? Not just this case, but just as we talk about the love for the culture, mm -hmm. what do we do with this? I think specifically for me, I, <laughs> I think I have a great and just a unique opportunity being in this in education and just I, I, as I be as being a black male teacher, I think I am starting to become like very aware of just the sounds by no means am I being like arrogant or anything, just how powerful the, uh, the presence of a black male teacher is, not just from optics, but just being able to like create these relationships with not just black kids, but literally all types of kids creating just like an opportunity for a white kid, a Hispanic kid, a, you know, all types of different kid of like seeing like, okay, this is a black, like black person is not what I see on the news that yeah. did this that like no like a black man can be educated a black man can be personable a black man can and so having those conversations with all types of kids but also like showing to my black young black men like or my black students like no like you can be more than your situation like you can like you don't have to just this is what my family's done, this is what it has always been, this is what I'm gonna be, like, no, you can be more than that. You can dream, you have the opportunity to be whatever you wanna be, just like everybody else does. Mm -hmm. So I think using my platform and using my position to just, you know, inspire or just reach out to, to those that are wanting to hear and wanting to be, you know, open to it, I think that's, that's where my current, currently that's where I feel like I am impacting change and and I embrace that mm -hmm. um, yeah what about you that's a question what about you yeah so you know in the type of location that I hold there are often times in which I am the first be it in uh, race and ethnicity or even in gender for many people 
And so I, I take, I do not take lightly that opportunity that I have to be the first for many people. And so when I show up, I show up unapologetically me. <laughs> and so that's one of the things that I have been over the last six years specifically um, being intentional about showing up unapologetically me. And for some, they live in that discomfort, but that's not my discomfort to deal with um, because I'm going to show up unapologetically me. And the beauty is that I've had opportunities to deconstruct for many people what they have been conditioned to believe based on what they see on television about um, my ethnicity, my race, and my gender for many. I have even had the opportunity to help to transform the lives of people because they have been filled with so much bias and prejudice in real time. Um, and so I will continue to show up. Um, as I was sharing with you the other day, there was a conversation that I was having and they were asking about, you know, is there anything uh, that would embarrass you? And I was talking about the integrity of my personal brand that I wanna make sure that I do not create compromises or complications for those young black girls that are coming after me to be influential leaders to where people will then pause to say, ah, you remember that one that did this, 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 and this, and it makes it much harder for her to truly live out her skills, gifts, and abilities, and God's call for her simply because somebody else messed up. So I'm very intentional about personal brand and the ways I show up so that others will not have complications coming. There's gonna be complexities, but I don't want there to be complications because of something that I did, so. Yeah. Speaking to just both of us using our platforms, I think that's where <clears throat> a lot of hope comes from for me. Because um, even just being in the classroom, this next generation of kid is different. Like they going, if there's anybody that's going to change the world, it's going to be, it's going to be this next generation of Man, kids. Man, do it. Because they speak out, speak up, speak often. <laughs> <laughs> and let the world know <laughs> here in wichita and i didn't even i don't think i've been told you about this so this is you this is information for you there was a middle school here in wichita uh, there was a situation with a teacher during this month actually and the teacher did said some things they had a 200 um a, a gathering 200 students in the cafeteria peaceful protest where the principal allowed the students to peacefully protest in the cafeteria. They had students that came up, shared their experiences, shared what they thought about the situation and how to move forward. They accepted the teacher's apology publicly and just, it's a beautiful, I'll send you the link for it, but my, like, I'm telling you, this next generation, this next generation is going to be the one to do it. <laughs> nice. I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm saying that it's just like, it's hopeful. Like, it's not just, obviously, it's not just us using our platforms to be agents of change, but Black people all over the world are really like, hey, like telling the next, teaching the next generation, inspiring the next generation of like, what's happened in the past? Like, no, we're we're not going for that anymore. Like, and and I think it's been amazing to see white Hispanic people embrace that and be like, 
you know what, I can recognize the oppression, the hurt that you faced and have been little allies, like joining along, like, yeah, that's not right. So mm -hmm. yeah, really, really. And I think we could see that hope, like with um, President Biden making um, the nomination for the first black uh, female Supreme Court justice, like that is inspiring to know that there are no limitations on one being able to sit at the highest office within the law in these Americas so that we are able to see someone of our complexion lifted up and elevated, not because of her hue, but because she is educated, because she has done the work, because she has apprenticed with those that are making, that have made her and prepared her for such a time as this. So we pray for her as she goes through this process because we know, we know, we know. It's going to be a process, yeah. It's going to be a process. And her family, um, I pray for her children um, and her husband um, and even those extended families. Um, even when she was talking about, you know, she had an uh, a uncle that was part of the penal system and, you know, people will use the most minute thing to overshadow all of the things that makes you ready for this in order to diminish everything about you. So. Absolutely. Well, I think um, something that I, I think is unique about this opportunity and having these monthly virtual conversations that we can address public matters, things that are happening like in the world in real time. Um, and I know it's a loose, maybe a reach, but it's a loose connection to, as we talk about just like marginalized people, marginalized cultures, um, how we have this situation in between Russia and Ukraine um, right now, um, and Russia basically not even basically attacking <laughs> the people of the Ukraine and the Ukrainian people literally having to fight for themselves, fight for their country. And yes, there are other countries backing them, but I can just imagine what it feels like to literally fight for what you have. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you what do you think about? You see the uh, uh, connection to marginalization there. What do you think about that as far as it pertaining to? Mm. I wouldn't call that marginalization. I call that bullying behaviors. <laughs> That's what I would call it. Mm. And I think that we see those bullying behaviors if we're talking about you know the ways in which the oppressor um, tries to overcome with power. We right. see those bullying behaviors as we're witnessing just the atrocities of uh, a people who are being displaced, not because they want to, because they have to. Um, and I even think about even those Russian citizens that are adamantly opposed to these bullying behaviors, and yet they're gonna be labeled simply because of their country of origin. And it's just like, really, seriously? <laughs> And it's just like, you know, with some, uh, some of our siblings that are of lesser hue, um, because of what their forefathers and foremothers did regarding slavery and Jim Crow and all of that, some of them still carry a label, even though they had nothing to do with it. It's like, no, 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 no. We were on the forefront fighting. We were the ones in the line saying no. We were trying to speak up and using our privilege for the sake of, per of uh, others. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. 
I think it is a very tough, sad situation. You read the stories, you read the, you see the videos, you see the pictures, and I, I know I've said thoughts and prayers uh, at least three or four times, but just for real, just like, I, as I said earlier, democracy and just world peace is just something that you, we've just taken for granted. Like, we just wake up and just saying like, no, everything's okay. Everything's will work out fine. And we literally sit in a point of privilege in that. And these people in Ukraine are waking up under bunkers, under like not knowing like what's going to happen. So seriously, right? Yeah. Or even the families where um, the men are going with their families thinking they're about to cross the border and they're like, all men from 18 to 60 have to remain um, to fight. So Myra, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some side conversations about a draft or if anything anybody was like yeah y'all gonna have to who who gonna have to <laughs> I'm not making light of that which people is right. people's realities but one thing I know for certain if there was ever an edict that men 18 to 60 and it had to deal with Myron Duran Fisher Jr you might as well draft me because he ain't going by himself <laughs> gonna do that yes i'll yeah. be right there with you like oh we we're drafted together <laughs> yeah he go down i'm going down we all we in this <laughs> definitely definitely <laughs> praying for that situation praying for the people oh, both sides not just as you kind of alluded to just people within russia people within the ukraine and just the situation itself just praying for peace praying for just you know a miracle beyond the peace we need a miracle Lord absolutely. Jesus <laughs> absolutely so um landing this plane here um, here we are um go out with the challenge what what do you what do you what do you challenge our listeners for what do you want more for them as a, as a challenge when we talk about the love for the culture I guess my challenge is how do we keep the conversation going and not from the sake of tokenism, but truly for about change so that it doesn't take another event to bring about an outcry that only lasts while the news is portraying it. How do we continue to be in conversation with one another, respect one another simply because we're human and continue to move forward so that all indeed are able to experience life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which is the foundational principles of these Americans. What about you, Mai? What's your challenge for the good people? I am, and this is the educator in me coming out. I, my, my point of challenge is just to, one, just like invest in these kids. Like I, I witnessed, uh at church i witnessed uh we have a black lady she got her children on the on the stage and she was able to literally share with her children the story of her grandmother and just seeing her like express just like the love the joy and then just talking about some of the challenges that her grandmother had to face to literally kids like 
three, four, six, just kids and just seeing the, the awe and wonder of the kids and just letting them, just not letting the story die, but also just like, listen to them, like identify, okay, this is, this is, these are their struggles. These are the struggles that, that I have faced, that we as a culture have faced. And just, I think the future is very bright when we work together rather than just like, oh, these kids these days are, you know, they, they got these phones, they got this technology, but like work, like help, help them. I think <laughs> they are literally crying out for help in so many ways that we just kind of brush them off as, is what it is when they like I, I i can't emphasize enough they are going to be the generation that that breaks a lot of cycles and systems and a lot of different things so listen to the kids invest in the kids <laughs> that is my challenge and whatever platform that you have or are able to like obviously i'm a teacher so that i have more access to that but i think a lot of people if you if you you really look around you have kids around you and you have the opportunity oh, yeah. even within your families Right, pour life into children and pour life mm -hmm. into kids. So mm -hmm. I like that. Pour life. Because the ways we invest will be the payoffs we experience later. For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. So that's that. Another one in the books for the culture, too. <laughs> Let's do it. Yay. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that is a wrap for us here again. You can find us on Instagram at more for the number four o-r-y-o-u on instagram we're also on facebook more for you and watch listen to our um our podcast from there so that being said i want more for you all i love you all more life more love more growth more blessings and we will see you all next time and i love myron and that's all that matters <laughs> <laughs> absolutely peace <laughs>